Hey everyone, I'm Mackenzie Dyer with Bradford's Alumni Program. We are very excited about launching some different podcast series for you guys, but we really want y'all to be included. Please feel free to email alumni at bradfordhealth.net any sort of interesting topics or series y'all are interested in hearing about. We will be launching each podcast um, on the Tuesday of every week. Here we go. Well, Dr. Schumacher, how effective is addiction treatment? Well, that, that's, a, that's a very good question because everybody wants to know, you know, does treatment work? Right. One of the slogans that came out of SAMHSA probably about 10 years ago that really was big was treatment works. Okay. And um, what they mean by that is evidence-based treatment works. Okay. <clears throat> evidence-based treatment, as we've talked about before, um, is, is treatment that has a theory that has been proven to be effective mm-hmm. and that can be delivered uh, delivered in a standardized manner, okay? Across um, uh, providers, across populations, across settings. Okay? Um, so if you have an evidence-based intervention uh, and you're delivering that as it was developed and as it was tested, you really don't have to worry too much um, about whether your treatment is gonna be effective because it's already been proven to be effective and it's already been replicated to be effective. So um, that's the place to start. Okay. Okay. Once you got that in your model, once you got that in your program, you're really off to a good start. As opposed to shooting from the hip, as opposed to doing what I call conversation therapy, which is, well, how was your week? Have you used this week? Everything going okay? Mm-hmm. You know, Conversation therapy. Um, evidence-based interventions are delivered in a standardized way through a manual okay, uh, that was used to test its scientific efficacy. Okay. okay. So it's a pretty rigorous requirement, and, um, and to be honest with you, it's, um, uh, it's not always used. Okay? There's probably more conversation therapy going on out there than there are evidence-based interventions. Um, the other risk that uh, people take is um, um, mixing different kinds of theoretical models. Okay. So um, you might have somebody that's been trained in 12-step. You might have somebody that's been trained in cognitive behavioral therapy, somebody that's been trained in motivational enhancement therapy. They get in, they start uh, their uh, individual therapy with their client or their patient, and they just kind of just pick and choose, uh, you know, kind of as they think is appropriate and kind of blend and mix around. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that might be an obvious way uh, to work, but the problem with that is, is that you uh, end up diluting the delivery of, of each one of those specific models. So each one of those models, motivational enhancement therapy, for example, um, has its own theory, uh, it has its own evidence, and it, it has a manual to, to deliver it. Um, and if you don't deliver it the way that the manual um, uh, was used to test it, then you're not going to get the same results. Okay. Okay. And there's also some other problems with using multiple, what people used to call eclectic approaches, um, is that uh, the theories differ. Okay. So in uh, in relapse prevention, you're going to have concepts uh, and theories that are different than the 12-step model. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so 
you start mixing those up, uh, you're going to start confusing your patient. Mm -hmm. And so th those are those are some important part, points uh, in terms of how effective addiction treatment is. Um, let's get back to maybe some basic aspects of, of that question. Um, the first question, I think, is um, what are we targeting? Okay, what are we measuring? What kind of outcome are we talking about right. in terms of how effective is addiction treatment? Well, the most obvious uh, uh, behavior, the most obvious outcome that people think of is, um, have they stopped using? Right. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's important, but that's not the only thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's very important because you really don't have the consequences, the negative consequences that come along with addiction if you're not using. Uh, in, in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of the American Psychiatric Association, requires recurrent use and recurrent negative consequences. Okay. So, of course, we want to we want to identify, we want to measure, uh, we want to target use. We want that to be going in a downward direction. Uh, we want uh, to reduce um, uh, use of different substances. We want to reduce. Uh, risky um, modes of administration, uh, for example, you know, um, ejection uh, and sharing needles is a very risky mode of administration. Uh, so that that is one aspect of use that uh, that we want to uh, to reduce uh, and eliminate. You might have somebody that's using multiple substances, okay. Um, maybe using alcohol, cocaine, and marijuana. And you could throw nicotine on top of that, which mm -hmm. kills more people than alcohol, cocaine, marijuana combined anyway, but that's for another topic. Right. <laughs> um, they may be uh, injecting the cocaine, smoking the marijuana, and, and drinking the alcohol. Okay, so if you've got three different modalities, you've got three different substances. Um, of course, uh, you, you could think about abstinence from all of those substances, or you can think about working on uh, chipping away at those one at a time, okay, uh, with the ultimate goal of, uh, of, of recovery and abstinence in mind. Um, uh, I hear uh, this phrase called uh, drug of choice, okay, which, right. is, which is kind of interesting, and that's another one of those phrases I've put some thought into and tried to figure out what that means. I've asked different providers, and one good example, uh, uh, one good explanation that I've got is if you put all 12 classes of addictive substances on a table and you ask the person to, to pick one, uh, the, person, the, the one that they pick is their drug of choice. Mm -hmm. okay? Well, that's interesting. Okay? Uh, they may prefer that, that. That may be a good fit. for them. Some people like stimulants. Some people like opiates. Some people like... Um, hallucinogens, for example. Um, but I think a, a better understanding, a better classification is, is, uh, is what is the most severe. Okay? So, uh, for example, we have alcohol, cocaine, and, and marijuana. The person that's injecting cocaine, while that may not be their most favorite substance, right. it's the most severe. Okay, because it's causing uh, the risk for the, the, the most negative consequences. <clears throat> so when you're talking about targeting an outcome or effectiveness of an intervention, in that case, you, you, you might want to target um, uh, cocaine uh, injection 
uh, first mm-hmm. and work on that and get that out of the way and then go to some of the other substances or some of the so other So start behaviors. with the most severe. Okay. I say start with the most severe okay. as opposed to, um, again, interesting, uh, but uh, the drug of choice, which is really uh, something based on um, their preference. Mm-hmm. Okay? Does that make sense? That does. Um, so in addition to reducing use, um, which uh, can be measured, of course, and needs to be measured, right. uh, and, uh, and we'll get into that a little later on, on how you evaluate effectiveness, um, there are other life areas that, that addiction causes negative consequences in. Uh, so um, you want an intervention that is going to help target those as well. Um, I spent 25 years working with uh, people experiencing homelessness and addicted to crack cocaine. Okay? So if you just go at those guys and work on crack cocaine abstinence and not deal with the homelessness, uh, it's not going to last. Right. Okay. And you're not, you're also not addressing uh, all of the life areas that, that, that they need help with. Um, so we targeted homelessness as well as crack cocaine use, as well as a vocational um, uh, experiences, social support, uh, reduction of criminal behavior, uh, adaptive functioning, uh, improvement in neurocognitive functioning. So there's a whole uh, uh, variety of, of dimensions of, of outcomes that, okay. uh, that can be measured uh, to uh, define uh, uh, whether your treatment is effective or not. Those are all very important. Um, kind of hit on this uh, earlier with that example, uh, abstinence versus harm reduction. Right. Okay, that's that's a very hot topic, and uh, yes. people tend to take sides on that. And uh, I like to explain it uh, as on a continuum. There are no really no sides to that because to me, harm reduction. Nobody would have, nobody has trouble with reducing harm, right? I mean, would you ever find somebody that says, "Ah, we don't want to reduce harm," right? That right. nobody's going to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. We, reducing harm is moving in the direction of improving that person's life. So um, if it takes reducing harm to get to abstinence, why can't we reduce harm? Right. Okay. Like stopping a car. You, uh, you know, you got to put on the brake and slow down before you stop. You don't yeah. just stop without slowing down. Mm-hmm. So in, to me, in, in recovery and in addiction, there's a lot of slowing down that goes on before you get to to the stop or to get the abstinence. Okay. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, and in terms of harm reduction, I mean, you've, you, you know, you've got uh, people that uh, aren't ready for abstinence, but are open to reducing their harm. Okay. They are open to reducing their risk of contracting HIV through unsterile needle use. Okay. Um, and all of that encompassed in, in the direction of moving towards abstinence ultimately is, is, uh, is the thinking there. Um, uh, then we, we, we've got something uh, uh, that we call relapse. Okay. So um, how effective is addiction treatment? Okay. We want to reduce relapse, mm-hmm. right? Um, because relapse is a return to the pathological use of substances. Right. So, um, Measuring whether they return and to what extent they return. And again, absent or uh, relapse is not an all or none concept either. Okay, it's not you've either relapsed or you haven't relapsed. A couple of ways to, to, to talk about that is um, 
there's a relapse prevention by Marlatt and Gordon talk about lapses versus relapses. Oh, okay. okay. So a lapse is uh, after a period of abstinence that you you pick up and you use a substance and that's it. Okay, you take a shot and you put it down. Okay, if you don't take another shot and if you don't continue to binge for the next three days, that's considered a lapse. Okay, a relapse is binging for the next three days and continuing and getting back into into your pathological pattern. Um, so. It's two ways of, of, of defining a, a relapse. Uh, the other way to think about relapse is, and um, we talk about this all the time, that, uh, that relapse occurs long before you use that substance. So I've there's that too. Yeah. There's thinking relapsing. There's stopping going to meetings relapsing. There's talking yourself back into it. Uh, there's increase in psychosocial stressors in your life. All of those things can can move you down the continuum of of of, of lapsing or relapsing. Okay. Um, so finally, you know, how do you evaluate the effectiveness of addiction treatment? How do you evaluate that? Well, there there's there's two two areas that, that I talk about. One is anecdotal evidence, and one is empirical evidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anecdotal evidence is important. Okay, but it's uh, it, it, it doesn't help you develop an intervention that you can use across uh, different settings. Uh, anecdotal is um, a subjective report of how you're doing. Okay? You're feeling better. You're less depressed. Okay? Life going good. Uh, you're not using uh, on an individual level. Those, those are all very important uh, ways of defining whether treatment is effective or not. Uh, the other one is more empirical. This is uh, looking at groups of people under a controlled setting using experimental design, okay. uh, comparing two different kinds of interventions, comparing an experimental intervention with a control. Okay? Uh, that kind of scientific uh, um, um, application uh, to defining effectiveness ultimately leads us to, to those evidence-based treatments that we've been talking about.